0: Monday, and welcome back to a very nice day with Kelly Grace May. We are back for episode two. I'm recording this on Friday, and let me tell you, it seems that we are all in the trenches right now, at least those of us who are on the East Coast. We haven't seen the sun in 10 days, we don't know where she is, but I miss her deeply, and I would love to see her soon. That's how I'm currently feeling. I have not been sleeping. All week, I think I have probably slept like four to five hours, which doesn't sound bad, but that's been like uninterrupted that I'll wake up multiple times throughout the night. And it seems that that is the case for everyone right now. So if that is you, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And we're going to get through this. I hope the sun comes out soon. I feel like that's probably part of why we're struggling to sleep. I mean, I also... I worked out today for the first time in like eight days just to feel something. And yeah, it's just, it's been a struggle, but it's Friday. I'm definitely feeling that Friday energy. I'm excited to record this episode. And when you're listening to this, it'll be Monday. So I hope that you can bottle up some of the energy that you felt during the weekend and bring it into the week because I just hate this idea that we reserve joy for the weekends even though I understand because like working during the week it's just it's it's tough it's tough to find bursts of joy but I hope that you can find little ways to make your day feel like a weekend every day that's something that I'm definitely working on but I also wanted to say thank you for all of the support on the podcast you guys have been amazing your feedback has been really helpful and I am very hopeful that this episode will be live on Apple as well as Spotify on Monday. I've been chatting with support. It's ironic that I worked in tech for so many years because I just, let me tell you, the back end of this thing, it's not it's not straightforward, but I'm like, dumber people do it. So I'm going to figure it out. But thank you for being patient. There has definitely been a learning curve. So before we get started, I want to lead with this. Before we jump into the episode, which today's topic is going to be a discussion on alcohol, and it's going to be a mix of stories, tools that have helped me, clarification on my relationship with alcohol. I got so many good questions from you guys, and that's definitely going to help how I move through this episode. I tried to record this yesterday, but I just went on way too many tangents, and I feel more collected in my thoughts today. So, Thank you for sending in those questions, but before we get started, I want to lead with a few things. First of all, this is a no-judgment zone. I can assure you, whatever the fuck you've done, I've done worse, okay? Like, let's just get this straight. I also want to share, I am not sober. I have never considered myself to be sober. I am just someone who refrains from drinking as much as possible, and that's my current state. There is definitely a fine line between someone who suffers from addiction. Addiction is a disease. I have a lot of friends and family who suffer with addiction and more specifically alcoholism. And it's a battle and it's to be treated very differently than someone who is just like questioning their relationship with alcohol. Everyone is at their own point in their journey with alcohol And whether you're listening to this and you, maybe you just did dry January and you're curious about how you can bring some of those alcohol-free nights into your everyday life moving forward, or you're someone who has never gone out to a social gathering without drinking and you're itching to figure out how you can do it. You know, I think there are also some rare unicorns who can drink and it's just not problematic for them. And they have no trouble moderating their drinking. They have no trouble knowing when it's time to stop. They don't run into any problems when they drink. Hats off to you. You are a unicorn, and that is amazing. I still think you can benefit from a thing or two from this episode. But this episode, like all things, is fully just from my point of view, from my experience. I'm not an expert on drinking, and I'm just an expert on my experience. I hope that we can all use critical thinking and know that anytime we listen to anyone talk about anything, it's just from their point of view. I'm also not going to talk a ton in this episode about like the health impacts of drinking or the wellness aspect of it. If you want that content, I can make so many recommendations for you. There's so much of that out there. I'm really going to talk firsthand about my experience, my philosophy, and just the journey that I've walked through as it relates to alcohol. So, That's not really something I'm going to be talking a ton about today, although I will touch on it. But there's a ton of good content out there if that's what you're craving. There are plenty of them. Something I've noticed since I started talking openly on social media about my relationship with alcohol is that people find it really difficult to connect to the fact that I don't have a label on myself. Like I'm not sober, I'm not in recovery, I didn't classify myself as an alcoholic. I just, drink really infrequently. And I've come a long way. And I think people have a really difficult time understanding, like, well, when you drink, why do you drink? And people can't wrap their heads around the fact that I just mostly don't drink. I have noticed that, that that has been a response from people since I started sharing this. And I just want to say, like, everyone has their own unique experience with where they are in their relationship with alcohol. And if you can't wrap your head around the fact that I am someone who has had a history of problematic drinking but has found a way to drink sometimes through a practice of tools and resources and questions that I ask myself in order to figure out if it's if it's possible and if it's the best thing for me, that's, you know, that's okay. But this might not be the best episode for you. If you can't handle the fact that I have a nuanced relationship with alcohol, I just, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So, like I said, I gathered questions from you guys on Instagram and I was shocked actually by how many people wrote in saying, Can you elaborate on like where you stand with alcohol? Like what got you, like what got you to this point? Why did you make a change? I am a new follower. I don't have the context. And I wanna cover that, but I apologize if this is repetitive for some of the people who have been following me for a while and have heard me talk about it. Uh, either on TikTok or Instagram. But I'm just going to do some high-level context setting for those who might not already know part of the story. So for background, I have always been a problematic drinker. I was a huge party girl in high school. I was a huge stoner in high school. I was a huge party girl in college. In college, it kind of escalated to drugs I was a really heavy cocaine user. I was very, very addicted to Xanax. Sometimes I would do both in one night, also with alcohol. Like There were nights that I truly was amazed that I woke up the next morning alive. So things have always just been chaotic in terms of my relationship with alcohol. If you knew me in high school or college, you are probably sitting nodding your head in agreement because chances are you have seen me say or do some out-of-pocket shit while really fucked up. And the t- scariest thing about me is that like I would be the drunkest person in the room, but I would appear sober or at least in comparison to other people because some people are like visibly fucked up, like they're falling asleep, they're slurring their words. I would look you dead in the face and like absolutely verbally annihilate you if I wanted to, which a lot of times came from built up anger or frustration or just like something I was dealing with. And it would come out when I would be really drunk, but it would like appear like I wasn't that drunk. So it was pretty scary. So if you're sitting here listening to this and I have ever done that to you, I'm so sorry. I'm not that person anymore. Um, like literally send me a Venmo request. I'll buy you coffee. But yeah, it was always a toss up for me when I would drink. Like sometimes it would just be fun and we would have a great night. Laughs, memories, just a good night for the books But other nights, it came with a lot of consequences, either with my relationships or my friendships or just some embarrassing shit that I did that I was not proud of. I really was playing Russian roulette every single time I drank since the moment I started habitually drinking when I was 14. I was also not a casual drinker. I wasn't the type of person who would go out to dinner and get a glass of wine or even, like, come home at the end of, like, a long day and pour myself a glass of wine. I was a we are going out and we are blacking out, ripping shots all night kind of drinker. It was black or white for me. Like, it was either, like, I am not drinking at all and not in social settings. Like, I never went out before all of the changes in my life happened without drinking. Like, that was not a thing. But if I was going out, I was getting so fucked up. Like, that was the mission. The mission was to escape myself. And that ultimately resulted in a lot of self-destructive behaviors for me. And it came with a lot of consequences, like I said. That's kind of the background on the kind of drinker that I was. I also am a very naturally fiery person and confrontational person you couple that with alcohol and sometimes I would just like be a fighter. Like kind of at my core, I am a fighter. And there were times where I drank where like I would be on the verge of having a physical altercation with someone. I have had physical altercations. While really fucked up, it's not funny. I'm laughing as a coping mechanism. Yeah, I was a fighter. And that would come out on a thousand when I would drink sometimes. So that's some context on The type of drinker I was and how I interacted with alcohol for most of my life. Fast forward to February of 2020 when everything changed. This is like the turning point in my relationship with alcohol. So I'm going to share this story. I've shared it before. I was on my sister's bachelorette party and I was living in San Francisco at this time. I had actually just moved in with Andy. We had been living together for a week. And I went on my sister's bachelorette party in Cabo. I was just really stressed out leading up to the bachelorette party. I had never been on a bachelorette party before. I was planning it because I was my sister's maid of honor and I was just anxious and whatever. Also, most of you know, I have experienced some loss in my life that was deeply traumatic for me. Um, I'm not like, oh my God, poor me on my soapbox. But I've definitely been through some shit in my early 20s specifically when I was 20, my college boyfriend passed away in a very tragic freak accident. And then in 2018, I was present for an accident. My friend Evan passed away. I was there. The whole thing, I've talked about this on TikTok, and I'll do another episode about grief and trauma and all that good stuff. But it was a deeply traumatic experience. He ended up passing away, and I was there for it. and. That deeply affected me. I was on this bachelorette party. I got really fucked up the first night. And I started hysterically crying about Evan. And the next day, I was like embarrassed. But I was like, okay, I can come back from this. People understand. My sister's friends are amazing. My sister's amazing. I can come back from this. That's embarrassing, but people understand. But I acted bizarre. Then the last day of the trip, we went to a beach club. And I got so blacked out. And I went the fuck off on my sister, the bride. I said things to her that in any other world would be so unforgivable. I made an entire scene. Like, if you were on that bachelorette party, you can't think about the bachelorette party without thinking about that part of it. Like, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. So I woke up the next day, the most anxious I've ever been in my life. My sister, my heart and soul. She is the most important person in my life. I was like, is she ever going to forgive me? Like, this is so bad. And my mom was on the Bachelorette party too. And it was, it was really bad. Like, my mom was like, urine, this is bad. And so I got back to San Francisco, let her cool off. We ended up meeting up for lunch a few days later. And she basically was like, look, I forgive you because I'm your sister and I love you and you're my family, but you just moved in with Andy and he's the love of your life. And if you pull this shit again, you are going to lose everything. And that really just made me sit up straight in a different way. And obviously my sister has seen me be a fucking mess many times before. This was not the first time that I had made an absolute scene while really drunk. And she just looked at me and she was like, you officially have a lot to lose. So you need to ask yourself, what am I doing here? And that was really the turning point. At that moment, I was like, I don't ever want to drink again. I was scared straight. I was scared straight. And so that's when everything changed. I decided in that moment, I was like, I don't want to drink ever again. Obviously, spoiler alert, I did end up drinking again in the future, but we'll get there. And I just took it day by day. I was like, I need to change. This is not healthy. This is not serving me. And this is not allowing me to be the person that I want to be. Like, my best self is not going to come to fruition if I keep doing this toxic shit that I'm doing ultimately to myself. Like, it was just a self destructive pattern over and over and over again. And from that moment, I just decided. I want to change. And I wanted to change really badly. You have to want to change badly. A month later, the pandemic hit. And I told Andy when I went home that day in February after I talked to my sister, I was like, I just, I'm going to take it day by day, but I just don't want to drink. And he was so supportive. He was like, I don't even really like drinking either. So I will not drink in solidarity with you. And I'm infinitely grateful for that. And to this day, Andy barely drinks. He drinks. Far less frequently than I do, and I drank ten nights out of the year last year. So Andy probably drank five. and he has just it's he's like on a whole other level as a person. I'll get into this in the q and a, but I am very lucky that that was my partner's response, and I acknowledge how difficult it might have been for me if that wasn't his response because it would be tough if I was, you know, with someone who like wanted to drink all the time and was annoyed or upset by the fact that I wanted to make this positive change in myself. But if he had reacted that way, like annoyed or for some reason threatened by the fact that I wanted to change for the better, I probably wouldn't have ended up marrying him. So I spent the next 10 months not drinking at all. And during that 10 months, I got back into therapy and I really unpacked the trauma that I had been shoving far, far, far away that kept coming up every time I would drink. Like alcohol was like, almost like made me vomit out the things that I was pushing farther and farther away because alcohol might temporarily help you, but it will ultimately make things much worse. And that's what was happening. So in therapy, doing a lot of introspection, obviously it, COVID hit in March. So, you know, we I wasn't going to a bunch of parties or social gatherings. I really took that time and was focusing on bettering myself and committing to the changes that I wanted to make and it wasn't just alcohol there were other changes that I wanted to make and I really focused on myself and I'm so lucky that I had the support of my friends and my family and my partner and around 10 months later I decided I was like I feel like I'm in a really good place and I wonder if I could handle having a drink again I almost feel like I am keeping tallies of the days since I last drank just to like check a box. And I don't really feel like I'm doing it for myself anymore. Like, I wonder if there is a world where I can drink and not explode moving forward. The goal for me when I wanted to make that change was not to quit drinking or be sober for the rest of my life, but it was ultimately to become someone who doesn't need to drink. And to become someone who I loved enough to not want to escape her. That was the goal. I also wanted to deal with all of the things that were making me so angry on the inside and explore, like, why was I so self-destructive with alcohol? Like, it, it was just, it was fascinating to me. And so I really unpacked that. And then I came to a point where I was like, I wonder if I can reintegrate alcohol into my life In a way that is not toxic, it's not self destructive, and it's also very infrequent. I was just curious. I was genuinely just curious about it. I wasn't like itching to drink, I wasn't craving a drink. I was genuinely just curious about what that could look like for me. And that's how I made the decision to try. To have a drink again and see what would happen, and it, and I talked to Andy and my family, my friends, and my therapist about it. At the time, I was just like, "What? Like, I, I'm I'm curious about this. Is that bad?" Because I was feeling guilty for being curious about it. And I had a glass of wine. I didn't even really like it. And that's actually what I decided that I like hate wine. So I I I have not had wine since that day. So it's like almost like four years ago. But yeah, when I had that glass of wine, I was like. I don't even really like crave this. I, I forget how long it was after that, but I didn't drink for a while after that. And I just realized that I had honestly become someone who was so comfortable not drinking. And that was the flex to me. Like I was like, oh, I don't need to drink to have fun. I don't need to drink to be comfortable. I don't need to drink to escape. And I was like, holy shit, I've successfully created a new neural pathway. I really have. I remember being so proud of myself in knowing that the work that I had done had really paid off tenfold. I became someone that I really liked and that I was really proud of. And I realized that removing alcohol from my life didn't like fix all of my problems, but it gave me a chance to focus on fixing my problems. I wasn't escaping them. I was facing them. And to me, that was the most empowering thing that I've ever done in my entire life. I'm going to get into some more Q&A because I feel like it will help guide the conversation. So fast forward to today, it's February, 2024. I got a question, it's like, how do you classify your relationship with alcohol today? And the answer is very simple. I just mostly don't drink. Like my default setting is not drinking. In 2023, I drank 10 nights out of the year. 2023 was the year I got married, went on my bachelorette party. There were a lot of things that were celebratory that I didn't drink for. There were things that were celebratory that I did drink for, and I just enjoy my life without drinking because I now know how. I also feel so much better. So like at this point, I am addicted to feeling good. I have a very addictive personality, and I realized that I could replace the toxic addictions with positive addictions. And so now I'm addicted to feeling good. And that is really what guides me in my decision making skills, in how I decide when and when not to drink, which I'm gonna to speak to shortly. Someone asked, How do you decide when to drink? Great question. If I am feeling like there's something coming up that I might wanna drink for, let's say my wedding or my bachelorette party, I have to pass the vibe check in order to drink. And that, that has to be done the day of, okay? So these are the questions that I ask myself in order to make a decision on whether or not it's best for me to consume alcohol. One, am I drinking to blow off steam or push something away? In other words, am I drinking as a coping mechanism? If the answer is yes, that's a huge red flag. The other questions I ask myself are, am I drinking because I feel like I can only have fun or be fun or make this setting fun if I'm drinking? If the answer is yes, That's also a red flag. I probably shouldn't even be going to that thing, okay? So let's say it's like a work event. Obviously, work events are awkward and drinking makes them a little bit more bearable. But it's not worth it for me to drink. Like, I I either shouldn't be going to that thing. If it's a work event, like, obviously, you have to go. But I definitely shouldn't drink because it's just not worth it. I'm going to feel like shit. I might do something embarrassing or say something embarrassing. Like, also, if you're going to not drink at anything like literally don't drink at a work event it will give you the biggest leg up you will remember all the weird shit your drunk coworker said and you will wake up the next day with no anxiety and you'll have all of the tea so if you can cut back on drinking in one area like literally just say i'm never gonna drink at a work event and thank me later seriously and finally i ask am i in a headspace where alcohol could potentially make matters worse Am I anxious? Am I feeling stressed? Am I dealing with something that might come up if I drink? For example, tonight I am going to a concert. I'm going to see Cassian at Knockdown Center. This is like my favorite DJ. He's amazing. I'm going with the best group of people. Like in a perfect world, this would be the perfect circumstances for me to drink. Like this is something that I would usually drink for. Like I love when we go out to see house music and we're like at the Mirage or whatever that that's the kind of place that I'm like, I I want to have a drink or two or three. And even though this is like the type of circumstance that I would normally drink in, I had to ask myself today, like, is this the best idea for me to feel the way that I want to feel, to perform the way that I want to perform, to show up as my best self? And the answer is no, because the truth is I've been a bit overstimulated this week. I've been overwhelmed. I've been a little bit anxious. I'm going through this really transitional period of my life right now. I don't have a job. I am about to start school next month. Like I have been so low energy from not sleeping this week, from not seeing the sun. I do not think it is going to serve me to drink tonight. So I'm not drinking and I'm still going to have the best time. Which leads me to my next question that I got from a lot of people, which is like, do you lean on other substances when you go out? The short answer is yes, I absolutely have. And I just like, oh my God, literally the biggest thing that people ask when I do AMAs is like, how do you afford your life? And did you do shrooms at your wedding? The answer to the first question is, um, I had a job. I had two jobs uh, for a while. The answer to the second question is yes, guys, I did shrooms at the Mirage after my wedding. Like, what more do you want from me? Can we please put that to bed now? Yes, I love a microdose from time to time. Am I going out and microdosing every single time I go out? Absolutely not. No. Do I love a shroomy shroom from time to time? Yes. Have I healed so much shit from doing psychedelics in the last like 10 years of my life? Yes. Different podcast episodes. So yes, sometimes I love a little microdose. Sometimes I will smoke weed. Uh, Usually not because sometimes smoking weed can make me socially anxious and it just makes everything worse. Like the same type of questions can be applied to those other things. But no, like I still, like there, I go out plenty stone cold silver. So that is my answer to that question. I hope that's helpful. I feel like literally everyone's banging on my door about shrooms all the fucking time. And it's like, guys, obviously. Another thing someone asked is how do you navigate friends feeling like you're annoying or not fun when not drinking? I was very blessed in that. I surround myself with people who want the best for me and are supportive of my decisions, even if they're not their decisions. And the thing about not drinking, especially if you're in your 20s, you're young, you're maybe single, you're making friends in a new city, is I understand that our culture, a lot of it revolves around consuming alcohol. But if someone is making you feel bad, for making a decision that serves you, you have to know that that comes from their own place of insecurity. Not drinking, whether it's one night or it's never again or it's just sometimes, is a courageous thing to do. And when you do courageous things, you will inspire some people and you will trigger others. Both are very powerful. But when you choose not to drink, you will actually find out who your real friends are. Now, I am a very selective person in terms of who I surround myself with and the kinds of friends that I have. I do not have like acquaintances who I spend time with like it's just not part of my core being, like it's not it's not a part of who I am it never has been. So I don't have people who are just party friends in my life. I used to maybe when I was in college, but since then I haven't really So I never really experienced any pushback from people who are close to me because I don't surround myself with those types of people. But if someone is making you feel bad, A, know that it's an internal insecurity. That is something that they're going through. There is that saying like no one likes to drink alone and there's a reason for that. But those people might not be your friends. I know that that is tough for you to hear probably, but... Honestly, choose to not drink for an extended period of time, and you will actually find out who your real friends are, who actually cares about you. It will honestly, it will weed out the week. Like, not drinking is a really easy way to figure out who your people are. Who is your inner circle? who actually wants what's best for you, who cares about your happiness, who wants you to be your best self? Some people. Don't want you to be your best self because they're threatened, they're scared, and you know, misery loves company. And a lot of times people drink out of misery. So I am really sorry, but if people are making you feel like you're not fun or you're annoying for not drinking, I think it's time to take inventory of who you surround yourself with because that is fucking whack. That's not a knock to you, it's just. It just should be thought-provoking is all I'm saying. A lot of people asked, how do you deal with people constantly asking why you're not drinking? And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant for a, a second. You don't have to make a public service announcement that you are not drinking. Obviously, if you're at dinner and a waiter is taking a group order, like that's a different situation. It's a little bit more obvious. But if you're like out at the bars, you can easily get away With not telling anyone that you're not drinking, just have a club soda with lemon or something that looks like it's a cocktail and boom, no one's going to know. No one's going to know unless you're drawing attention to it, which I understand at first, like we kind of want to wear that badge of honor, like I'm not drinking tonight. I'm not drinking tonight, which I get. I get. But you don't have to draw attention to it. And if you walk. Into a room, decide that you're not drinking, and you stand strong and confident in that decision, you won't be embarrassed by it. I promise. Not drinking is a courageous, rebellious thing to do. It's honestly, it's cool kid behavior. And I've actually been shocked at how many people have looked at me realizing I'm not drinking and been like, that is so cool. A lot of people also asked, how do you balance being social without drinking? And, like, what are things that you do with your friends or social things that you do that don't revolve around drinking? The answer is I still go to things. Like, I'll still go to dinners with friends and I just don't drink. I do things with my friends that don't revolve around drinking. And it's way more fun because I actually have strong connections and I don't have these like fake, phony, surface level friendships that are just clouded by alcohol. Like, like I said before. Not drinking is a really good way to figure out, like, do I actually like this person? Which I'm going to speak to in the dating questions that I got. But I love to spend time with my friends during the day. I love to go to a workout class or go to lunch, go to their apartment and just, like, catch up, walk around. You could go to a museum. I haven't done that, but, you know, that sounds like a good idea. There's tons of ways to connect with people that don't revolve around alcohol. And I can assure you that if you start minimizing the things you do with people in in terms of, you know, drinking. Like if you don't revolve all of your friendships around drinking, you'll actually develop stronger friendships with people who you actually like because you'll have a clearer understanding of who they are and who you are when you're around them. And that leads me to my next question that people asked, which is how to date without drinking. I would be a liar if I said that I had experience in this because I don't. I was still drinking when I first met Andy, and our first couple of dates, we definitely drank. We obviously spent time together also sober, but, you know, we went out to drinks like normal people do. But if I were dating now, I actually think I would go into at least the first couple of dates without drinking because then I would have, like I said before, a clearer understanding if I actually like this person. Because if you think about it, especially someone you're going to have a romantic relationship with, you don't want to just like them when you guys are drinking. You don't want to know that you can only have fun with them when you're drinking. Like the rest of your life is not going to look like that. The rest of your life is going to be about those small micro moments. Like, do you enjoy time spent with them? Do you like who you are when you're with them? And do you like who they are just at all? Like, are they cool? Are they funny? You know what I mean? I just think it's like a leg up if you don't revolve all of your first dates around drinking. I know, obviously, there is a component of, like, comfortability that comes with having a drink with someone. And, you know, people are nervous on first dates. But I just think it's a good way to suss out someone's vibe, someone's potential compatibility with you. And I think how they react to you not drinking is also a really good way to suss out, like, is this someone that I could see as a partner? Someone also wrote in, I want to stop so bad, but it's just like my life revolves around it. How did you do it? And let me say this. If there's a part of you that wants to stop so bad, it actually should validate that you need to. I'm not saying you need to altogether, but I would reevaluate what your relationship is with it. And I'm going to talk about some tools that have helped me after I get through these Q&A. But I do think that if there's this, you know, Itch inside of you to stop and it feels like your life revolves around it, that's probably the biggest indicator that something needs to change. And again, I'm not like villainizing alcohol and saying that everyone just needs to stop drinking altogether. Like I said, I I drink sometimes. But if there is an itch inside of you that's saying, I feel like my world revolves around it, there's probably some changes that need to be made. And a couple of people asked how do I modify? I feel like I want to just have one or two drinks, but it seems impossible. I personally would not have been able to make the changes that I did if I had not stopped altogether for a long period of time. You have to show yourself that you can live life without it and get comfortable with yourself, which at first is uncomfortable. I'm just going to I'm gonna cut to the chase and say at first it's uncomfortable. But you'll realize that, like I said before, alcohol provides temporary comfort and long-term discomfort and nothing gives me more confidence than going to something that i once believed required alcohol 100% and not drinking alcohol at all like when i go to weddings and i don't drink i i'm guys i'm not even going to lie i leave and i'm like i am better than everyone that's the only time where i'm like i am an elitist like i went to the wedding in mexico and i officiated and danced all night and I didn't drink and I left and I was like, I am better than everyone. Call me toxic. Call me toxic. But it does, it gives you some confidence is what, is what I'm trying to say. What has been the biggest change you've seen in yourself since you cut back on drinking? And this is honestly a difficult question to answer because like I am a completely different person than the person I used to be. Like if you knew me five years ago, you don't know me dead ass. You do not know me. You know some parts of me, but you don't know me now. I am more emotionally stable than I've ever been in my life. I am more confident than I've ever been in my life. I am more secure in my own skin, in my decisions. I trust myself more than I ever have. I love myself more than I ever have. I sleep. I mean, not this week, not this week, but uh, most weeks. I sleep amazing. I'm energized. I'm healthier than I've ever been. I'm just overall happier than I've ever been. My relationships are stronger than ever before with my friends, my family, my loved ones. Like I have never thrived more in my entire life than through this period of of making a change in terms of how I interact with alcohol. Like I am just a completely different person on every single level, emotionally, mentally, Spiritually, physically, I mean, I look better than I've ever had. Like I said, it, I said what I said. It has profoundly changed the course of my entire life. Another thing that I'll say about what has changed most in me is that I'm more connected to my intuition than ever before. Like I deeply in my core know what is best for me and what is not. And I listen to that. And I hate to be super woo woo because I don't want to. Off put some people, but like whatever I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna say. Gabby Bernstein said this once and it like resonated with me in a way that I've just it, it was like a shock to the heart when she said it. Alcohol is poison. Again, I drink sometimes. Okay. So chill the fuck out. I'm not coming for your throat. You don't need to get defensive over literally alcohol. Alcohol is not defending you, but alcohol is poison. So you are poisoning yourself every time you drink. And when you poison yourself you disconnect from your intuition. It is harder to know what is best for you when you are actively consuming alcohol all the time. Like, it's just a fact. I'm sorry. It's just, it's straight up facts. So I am more connected to my intuition. My intuition is more heightened and that is probably the best benefit of them all. Someone asked how to get your confidence back without alcohol. And what I'll say to that is each time you choose to do something that is right for you, you gain an inch of confidence. But every time you betray yourself and you do what's not right for you, you betray yourself more and more. And I think that confidence is formed by keeping the promises you make to yourself. And that's just, that's in and out of drinking. That is in and out of drinking. So I'm the most confident I've ever been in my life because I've learned to keep the promises that I make to myself. That's how I've gained confidence. So I know that's not really a clear answer, but like confidence is very unique and personal to each individual. And I don't think I can give like a blanket answer, but I will say that not drinking gives you a radical sense of confidence. Trust, try it and trust me. Okay, I'm gonna wrap up the Q&A. People keep asking, like, what do I drink when I go out? Like, I'll literally just have a club soda or a Coke or if I'm feeling crazy, a Shirley Temple, which I know is not good for you. So like, you don't need to come for me. But I've also found that when I go to dinner, like, there are so many good mocktail options at a lot of restaurants. So at restaurants, I actually feel like there are so many good options these days. Oh, the last question that I want to answer that people asked is when you do drink, what do you drink and how do you limit yourself? Great question. Like I said, when I first tried to have that glass of wine, I realized I was like, I hate wine. It makes me feel like actual dog shit. Vodka is the enemy. Like, I will never have vodka again. That's what I used to, that was my go-to. I would drink vodka straight from the bottle and I always just had vodka all night long and it made me so angry. So I exclusively am a tequila drinker. I only drink tequila. I know that seems psychotic, but it's just what works for me. So when I go out and I do decide to drink, I just have a tequila soda or a tequila on the rocks and I like splash some water in there and that helps it be diluted. And I never drink cocktails. The only cocktail that I'm like really gonna cave for on occasion is if there's like a fire, spicy cucumber margarita. That's like the only cocktail that I'll wanna indulge in. But I can't remember the last time I did that. And I have not had a hangover anytime I drank since I started Reintegrating alcohol into my life. Like I literally just drank tequila on the rocks with water or a tequila soda. I eliminated like all the sugary stuff. And I don't get hungover now when I drink. I also really recommend having a full cup of water in between drinks that has really helped me stay in an even space and not get to a point, you know, where I'm like feeling out of control. I want to end on some tangible tips. And an exercise or two that might be helpful. I am a big believer in just like collecting data, like collecting data, collecting information, because when you collect information, then you know what's real and you can evaluate from there to how to take action, which will be different from person to person. So there's an exercise that I think is valuable in collecting data. You're gonna take, a piece of paper, and break it out into four categories. Okay? And you'll write when, where, why, and how under those four sections. So under when, get specific about when you drink. This should be kind of a short list, like weekends, some weekdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Like when When do you drink? Like get like specific. Then under where, this will be a longer list, you're going to write where you drink. Happy hours, work events, weddings, dinner with friends, dates, bars, holidays. Like, get specific. Like, do you have a date night with your partner that it revolves around drinking? Like, just get specific about where you're drinking. Why? This is the hardest section. And it really requires you to look inward. and. Any change you want to make in your life requires you to be honest as fuck with yourself, okay? And that's really hard. It's really hard. It's hard to admit why you're drinking, but you have to do it, okay? I promise you it will be helpful. So some examples are to let loose, to get comfortable, to have fun, to feel socially comfortable, to be cool, to fit in, to cope with stress, to wind down, to escape, those are just some examples, but these will be obviously personal and unique to you. And then under how, how does it make you feel when you drink? How do you feel? How do you feel when you drink and after you drink? Just a good exercise, okay? That's good data collection. I'm a big fan of of, of collecting data. But to that point, then I want you to make a pros and cons list. You don't have to do this, by the way. These are just suggestions. Like literally anything I say is just a suggestion. I'm not holding a gun to your head and making you do anything. But make a pros and cons list of the pros and the cons of drinking. I am just going to keep it real. There aren't a ton of pros on my list. There's a lot of cons on my list. And that's like how I am able to now make decisions is because I have done the exercise of knowing the pros and the cons of drinking for me. And I think it's just a good exercise. When I do drink, I don't feel guilty. I don't feel shame. I have suspended that from my life because I know that I made a mindful decision and I don't let myself feel guilty about it. But I will say I've never woken up and been like, thank God I drank last night. Oh my God, I'm so glad I drank last night. I feel amazing. I'm so glad I drank. Thank God. Thank God. Choosing not to drink has never been something I regretted. Just a fun fact about me. Um, but again, because I make mindful decisions about drinking, I also don't regret it or feel shame or guilt when I do. <sighs> so that's that. I. Also want to end on this note. I feel like we live in a time that is so self-help, personal development focused, therapy focused, which I love like this is amazing. But I've noticed that myself included and a lot of other people in my life and a lot of things that I see on the internet are very much of the tune of intellectualizing your feelings. So for example, like self-awareness, understanding why you do certain things, understanding your triggers, like really getting to the bottom of like certain things that you do, which is great. Like like I said, that data is amazing. But the tricky thing is understanding your habits and why you do things is great. Self-awareness is great. But understanding why you do things is not enough. Sometimes we're just like, oh, I do X because of Y. That makes sense now. And then we stop there. But that doesn't affect actual change. And ultimately, you have to be the one to take action and change whatever it is you want to change in your life. Like, no one is coming to save you. No one is coming to hold your hand and make things better. No one is coming to do the work for you. It's yourself versus yourself. Repeat after me. It is me versus me. At the end of the day, always, whether you're single, married, in a relationship, it is you versus you. Okay. So if you want to change, only you can do that for you. Of course, you know, there are resources and support from other people that are always great, but only you can do the hard things for yourself and only you can change your life. So when you find yourself intellectualizing your thoughts and your feelings and your, Patterns. Remember not to stop there. That's great and that's a step, but it's not enough to understand why you do what you do. So that was a lot. I'm going to have to edit this down. I love you guys. Wherever you are in your relationship with alcohol, like I said before, maybe you're toying with the idea of not drinking, whether you're totally comfortable with where you stand with drinking. Whether you want to make a change, whether you don't, like yada yada, everyone is on their own unique journey. I think if you are interested in cutting back on alcohol, look at your list of the when and where and see where you can cut back. See where you can cut back on those areas and decide, okay, here in these circumstances, I'm not going to drink. Like, I will never drink on a family holiday. I will never drink on a family trip. I will never drink at a work event that is my personal thing like i don't drink around my family ever i my family will probably never see me drink again they saw me drink at my wedding but like again i'm in a i was in a good place that day i was able to drink at my wedding with no problems but i was fully prepared to not drink at the wedding if i was stressed and frantic and overwhelmed that's a side tangent but you can't have a life you've never had or have things that you've never had without doing things you've never done. So, unfortunately, whether it's alcohol or something else in your life that needs to be changed, you can't keep doing the same shit over and over again and expect a different result. And you don't have to be an alcoholic to cut back on your relationship with alcohol, drink infrequently, be more mindful. Like you you don't have to be an alcoholic or hit rock bottom to make a change. You don't. Period. My one of my friends, she just did dry January and She looks like a completely different person. And we were just talking about it. She's like, I'm like scared to do it again because like I look and feel so good. And I'm not kidding. Like she looks like a different person. It's crazy. She has like dark under eye circles. We were like talking about her potentially getting PRP. She looks like she got PRP at the end of dry January. It's the most wild thing ever. Anyway, I love you guys. I. I'm so excited to release this episode. I'm so excited to continue talking to you guys. I'm gonna post on Instagram some updates, but the next episode is going to be a Dear Kelly episode. Okay. And I'll put this in the show notes. Email me at a very nice day podcast at gmail.com with Something that's going on in your life and i'm going to record an episode giving my advice giving my guidance giving my pov again i'm not the authority on life. I'm not god, but you know, I try to get to my dms and you guys reach out with a lot of like situations you're dealing with so It's just going to be kind of like a situation Advice giving session. We're going to do like some therapy and i'm going to give some Some sisterly advice some tough love where it's needed. Um, I'll announce that more on Instagram, but I'll also put it in the show notes. A very nice day podcast at gmail.com. Email me your questions. I love you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope you have a very nice day and I'll see you next week.